Ever so often there comes a time when two powerhouses collide. When an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Like when Godzilla met King Kong. Or that time the situation headbutted the wall in the Jersey Shore and kept partying. The next Clash of Titans comes Wednesday, July 1st at Bob O'Link's Golf Club when WGR's Nate Gary and producer Burrs face off in the Degenventational 2020, sponsored by none other than Positive Electric. Tune in live at 7.15 for pre-show as well as live coverage throughout because always remember, this train never stops. Folks, welcome back to a brand new episode of Trainwreck Tonight, episode 169. I'm your host, the General. I'm with Maniac. Happy phase four, last day of Q2. July's tomorrow. Show sponsor, Maniac, Hazda Electric. Folks, considering a, electri- a residential or commercial electrical project, then consider our friends at Pazda Electric. 716-698-2711 from new house wiring, main service upgrades to troubleshooting issues. Pazda Electric licensed and insured all over Erie County. Mention Trainwreck Sports or say this train never stops and get a free house surge protector with every service upgrade. Pazda Electric, 716-698-2711. So we had some big news that just broke over the past hour. Who better to have on? Special guest, first time ever on Trainwreck, Pat Nelicaro. Pat, how are you tonight? Not, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. It's a very, a very surreal day for sure, at the, well, what you're going to mention in a moment. But glad to be joining you guys and uh, been looking forward to, to chatting with you guys ever since uh, you extended the invite. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we definitely... Definitely a, some somber news that came out, almost expected. I think you can agree with that. But obviously, you know, some of the big news that just dropped was uh, minor league baseball has canceled the 2020 season. Yeah, and to put it in perspective, there's never been a year since minor league baseball started that there wasn't at least one league playing. And this is the first time ever. And, you know, it, it is expected. Um, you know, had, had we gone back – you know, to April, I had a thought maybe a couple of months, hopefully we get a season in, but, you know, just as the year kind of went on and even Major League Baseball not starting up yet, it would have been hard to play 50, 60 games and then adding the fact that you wouldn't have fans. So um, it's it stinks, you know, it's super disappointing, but I know uh, everyone in the front office is really hoping that now we can get ready for 2021 and, and make next year one of the years that uh, people won't forget in a good way. Yeah, Maniac, the first time in over four decades, no Bisons baseball in downtown Buffalo. Yeah, and I got luckily I was able to get a press pass last year, courtesy of Pat. He got us the end, so we were able to uh, be there for most of the yep. season. And it just goes to what he said. I mean, I think the MLB could survive without fans, but I don't know if minor league baseball could survive without fans because those games are an event. They're a show. Thinking about Kids Day last year, when, when uh, oh, my gosh, what's the shark? Baby Shark? When Baby Shark played on Kids Day, I'm not, like, lying. I worried for my general safety at Kids Day. Like, you should have seen <laughs> I've never seen a crowd of, of kids. Baby Shark. Like, it was, we're talking 15, 16,000 strong at least. I don't know the numbers specifically, so I won't get into it. Star Wars Day, Game of Thrones Day, Dog Day when, when Prince Philip oh. won Dog of the Day. I mean, who could forget what a memorable time that was? It is a true – I mean, you could say travesty, you could say tragedy, but you know, people are going to make the best of it, obviously, either way, like Pat and the Bisons are already doing, but 
an absolute shame that we're not going to have this 2020 MILB season. Go ahead. Go ahead, Al. I was going to say, what's the deal with these players? Like, when, are they getting, like, the pay, like, players, coaches, employees of these ballparks? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, a, a side effect of this is there are going to be a lot of players that uh, we don't see again. Uh, just, you know, what, for whatever reason, you know, just like, uh, you know, college seniors may have played their last game. We may have seen some players that um, just don't come back with this. And you add in the fact that um, the, the agreement between the majors and the minors is up right now in terms of the major supplying players. Uh, it's a 10-year agreement every 10 years. Um, that's up for negotiation right now. So we may see the landscape of minor league baseball change. Uh, there's talk of contracting up to 42 teams, and those are the short season teams because maybe the draft gets moved to a later time and you don't need those teams necessarily. So, um, you know, there's, there's players that may have played their last game. There are teams that may never open their doors again um, in, in some communities. Yeah. So it really is, you know, a, a precarious time for, for minor league baseball. But, um, you know, you look at it and you sit back and the sheer economics, you know, Zach, you just mentioned a minute ago about not having fans in the stands. You would lose, I'm just throwing a number out there, maybe double what, what you would right now, uh, opening the gates for minor league baseball with no wow. fans. Because, you know, at least, at least major league baseball and the pro sports, they get TV revenue. You know, if, if we were to have a 50-game season and not open the gates, well, you still have to bus from Buffalo to Lehigh Valley or Buffalo to Pawtucket. Play, we have to stay in hotels. All those things will add up. And without any revenue coming in because you're not – games may be on yeah. TV, but it's not a pay contract, you know, you just, those losses add up pretty quick. So, it, you know, going back to the question about it probably being inevitable, that's kind of why it always felt in the last month or so that this announcement today was – was coming, uh, whether or not it was sooner or later. And, and Maniac, it's not just, you know, the players, the coaches, the employees of minor league baseball. It's the local businesses around the stadium. Talk about the Washington Square. How about this guy? How about yes. you want to you talk about who's struggling in 2020? Yes. NHL, MILB, this guy does it all. I mean, we want to get him at Seneca One Tower if we're hosting events there. Let's get him get out concessions there. But, no, you're right. The local businesses, I mean, Washington Square – I mean, earlier part of the 2010s, not to just like sound like some old geezer or whatever, but my friends would literally plan summer events around going to Washington Square and then spending the day at the ballpark. It's an amazing time. I mean, and the MILB, if you truly enjoy baseball at any level, just being able to get so close to like that near professional level of the game is incredible. There's no other sport that offers you that opportunity to literally interact with players on the other team. I mean, Yep. There are some stories with Nick in Tampa. Nick in Tampa, uh, Al, will go on players' Twitter, and he'll scream their tweets at them. It was hysterical. There was one from a coach of the opposing team. He goes, I have no idea how there can be a traffic jam when there is no accident. Explain that to me. Like, and that was actually a tweet from the opposing head coach. And he's looking. He goes, like, I don't know. How could there be? You're right. That's like, so like, true. You, just, you would never see that in any other sport. you never see that event. I mean, you got Buster Bison himself, who's a huge entity. I mean, the empire that is Celery. I mean, talk about that brand itself. I mean, it's incredible. And it's, yeah, we are, we're missing out. It's the little things that we're missing out. And already, I, I don't mean to, like, start this show on a sour note. And obviously, Pat, I know you, like, do an amazing job covering the team. But, like, baseball is already suffering in just a huge way. And has suffered more than any other sport so far when it comes down to the lack of ability to get a deal done. 
And, I mean, it draws attention to the smaller yeah. draft class as well. There are so many players that were normally going to be in that draft pool that would have had a chance to develop at a lesser level, grind it out, and eventually get to that top tier. And, I mean, hopefully it's not lost. Yeah, and that you're right. It's, you know, you add all these things together. The fact that Major League Baseball and the players couldn't come to an agreement sooner. Um, I know hockey and basketball had the advantage of basically being at their playoffs. So, um, you know, they, they, they were able to formulate a plan because they had made their money. But, you know, the way that the, the squabbling went back and forth, it, I think when we look back, this is not going to be, you know, the, a great moment in baseball's history. And, you know, taking out the minor league portion of it because that's separate. But you're going to look back on these four months and say, and you just you missed the mark in a lot of ways. And I'm not going to lay the blame on any one side or who, who deserves more, but it really is uh, disappointing. And I just hope that it just, this is it. And, you know, we can move yeah. on from it, uh, whether it be the 60-game season and playoffs in 2021 happens in a major league season or on the minor side of things that we're able to have – nearly 17,000 fans come to the ballpark next year. I just hope this is uh, just a small portion of what's going to be a, a long history for all of us. Cheers yeah, to that. I, and that's, that's the toughest thing because I got the, the people that always rip on MLB to me personally, friends, um, talking about how, you know, with what's been going on in the past couple months, how they can't get a deal done. Owners are money hungry. Players are money hungry. And, like, they want them to suffer. It's almost like they want, like, they don't want a season. They don't care. Like the, the people that don't care about baseball and like would even want sports, they don't give, they don't give a crap. They're like, I, I want to see baseball suffer. And it's really sad to see that. And it's, a, it's out of the four major sports. It is no doubt hurting the most. And with social media, the way it is nowadays and MLB, I mean, you see where the NBA and NFL is and you, it's like the NHL and MLB. It's not even close. Not even close. That. Not even close. And that's the thing that's suffering. And, and even last year talking to people and friends how, you know, more kids and people and fan, like the normal fan at baseball games, at minor league, major league, getting hit by baseballs. And I hate to bring this topic up. And one of my things that I, I've always thought about is why is that happening? What are people doing at their seats? Well, and I think that's one of the things. Right? Over the, yeah, over the course of, you know, years, things change. And we saw it. I'm old enough. I grew up going to Saber games at the odd. There was no netting. You yeah. started going to the arena. There was no netting. But unfortunately, it took an incident in Columbus and a tragedy uh, there to, for all of us to look at it and say, why didn't we have netting before? And now it is behind the nets. And that's one of the things going into this year, that was one of the positives. I think virtually every major league team had announced that they were extending the netting to protect fans because you can you can be watching a game. I've been at games where I'm paying super close attention. You sit above the dugout and somebody has a check swing and it goes in the stands. There's situations where you can't react fast enough. It's just bigger, stronger, faster happens and you can't do anything about it. And I know from a Bison perspective, that was one of the changes we were looking forward to this year is having the netting go all the way down. And, you know, the work has been uh, continuing on that project, even though there isn't baseball this year. So yeah. that's one of the fan enhancements that we're going to see going forward. And I think that's been, if it isn't, uh, you know, it's been a while. So I have to go back to the memory bank a little bit. If it's not the standard, it will be the standard for all of the majors and the minors uh, soon enough. And uh, we're seeing everybody kind of changing with those times. And, um, you know, it is something that 
I don't think we're going to get much pushback from the, the average fan saying, man, I, you know, I, I can't see the game through the, through the screen. I mean, we're way past those days. Or, man, I wish, I wish it could have uh, interacted with a player more. You're still going to have all those things. It's just going to evolve a little bit because times have evolved. I, I've sat down the uh, line a little bit. I've sat up close. The, the screen really is not obtrusive in any way if you want to enjoy the game. But just one last thing on this point. The Spanos have the tickets, Al, right down, like literally row one by the, the – Four the, seats. Dugout. And Kristen, our friend, always says that when she went with her dad to the game, when there was no net on the row one right by the dugout, he always said if there was a foul ball, he'd stop it with his hand. Like, and just when you think about that idea, like, people were just built different a generation ago. Like, because that's just incomprehensible. Of course, no one would want their, like, child right there where they could get an 85 now for deflection, obviously. But, yeah, things change. It's good to see, obviously, the Bisons, you know, leading on that forefront as well. Those seats are incredible. I mean, I remember the big hurt, Frank Thomas. (laughs) Richie Sexton, Bartolo Colon, all up close. It's those seats are amazing. Shout out the Bison's gr- uh, green and red logo back in the day, the early <laughs> early two thousands. Let's go! Oh my god! All right, maniac. Next topic. You know what I'm bringing up? Yeah, let's go. Let's Pat's, go. Let's go. Seen it. You know we. There, Pat's been thinking about it all day. He's been thinking I mean, about it all day. Yesterday was a monster day for train wreck sports, and I, it goes back to the dildo thrower. And I remember I had to take a half day. Because I was, I was so excited when we're getting cited in, like, Yahoo Sports, New York Daily News, New York Post. And yesterday, yesterday was one of those days where you get a source, you get a scoop, and you make it happen. It's not easy. Because, I mean, train wreck sports. Oh, it sucked. Oh, For an hour sports, and a half, it sucked. Yeah, but, no, I'm talking over the years of train wreck sports. We've gotten scoops. We've gotten some certain things, but we haven't known how to play it. I mean, do we, do we confirm with someone else? And then 15 minutes later, boom, the news, the news drops. And it was one of those things yesterday for Trainwreck where the EVP of finance of PSE was fired. And you saw it today in the Buffalo News, Maniac, Trainwreck Sports on a different two columns. Well, my, my positive spin is that Trainwreck Sports got two physical columns because the name cut off right on. But I think that's a great spin zone. Yeah. You're right. When we were getting our first initial sources, our first initial scoops, we got told, oh, Reggie Ragland is definitely off the roster about an hour before he got traded to Kansas City. Got told, Russ Brandon is in a heap of trouble. He could be fired by the end of the weekend. On the Friday, he ended up getting released. And yeah, you know what? We were Thor in Thor 1. We didn't know what we were doing. We were very cocky. We thought we were so cool. We were running out. And yeah, we had to get brought down to size. Now with this recent scoop, Thor yep. Ragnarok, we got lightning coming out of our eyes. We're throwing the hammer down. And, yeah, I mean, we hit it. It was a very nervous 90 minutes because we had our source tell us, and there was, and we couldn't confirm the second source. I know people who are in journalism, they say, always get two sources. Well, there were six people in this meeting that happened. So unless we were talking to two of the six people, we weren't going to have two sources. So, yeah, I mean, we do take liberties that a lot of outlets – wouldn't take. I don't think a like. I'm not throwing any shade. A two four seven or a Spectrum News. I don't think would have ran with that story because they did not have multiple sources. They didn't have backup. Anything like that. We kind of had the liberty where breaking news isn't our forte. It's not all we do. We're not 100 yeah. big J journo's integrity to you know out bleeding out of our eyes. We would be okay to make a mistake, and because of that, yeah. we took a chance and reported a story that we had, and it ended up being right. It was it was a great feeling. Great feeling. And nailed it, too. It wasn't even like, 
you know, we were so close with the Russ Brandon. Like yeah. we were minutes away and then oh, Russ Ross. Brandon, I wanted to cry. Like literally oh, Russ Brandon, I wanted to cry. I did cry. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we, we were, were crying. We were so, oh, I remember I was in my boss's office, like throwing shit. <laughs> and yeah, yesterday felt good. I mean, the initial tweet was over two hours and like 15 minutes before anything. We yep. nailed it an hour and five minutes before. And then as you said that, that 60 to 90 minutes was tough, but it felt good. Pat, have you ever had an instance like that? When it comes to breaking stories where you had a source? Had to have from like your time at GR and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are occasions where you, you, you uh, do have, you know, information or whatever, but uh, never, I've never had a, a story quite like that or, or anything. Um, the only thing that comes to mind is it's not a source, but uh, back when the Pagulas were buying the Sabres, uh, I happened to go down to the NHL all-star weekend. Um, it was in uh, Carolinas. And I was out waiting outside the board of governors meeting and uh, Jeremy Jacobs had walked by and I was standing there with uh, somebody else um, and they, they had a quick conversation and found out that Terry Pagula had already had his interview with, with the, the board of governors. And, you know, that, that wow. plea, you know, caught on and, you know, I, he was the first one to report it because you know, it was their conversation, but, you know, it was one of those things you're right around it the whole time. And, and yeah. all the stories get, you know, it, it, it takes off because you're right in the, in the heart of it, right in the thick of it. So it is one of those, you know, that those are the days when you're through your journalism school that you do look forward to and being able to break stories and stuff. So yeah, you know, it, in a situation like yesterday for you guys, I'm sure uh, a bittersweet day for, for some and you know, obviously not a, a great day for others, but uh, for you guys to, to, to break that story is, uh, you know, it's something to be uh, proud of. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I mean go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, Pat, obviously, through all the, like, just your time at GR and working the phones during the year, someone's had to have called up with, A, a glimpse of a rumor that actually became true at some point, and B, probably the most ridiculous rumors that ever happened. Like, I'll never forget two years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo was at Mulberry's. Like, yeah, I'll remember for that, for that yep. day and a half, but, like, there's just some ridiculous – you know, the old days it was always so-and-so is at the airport. Bill Cowers at the airport. Michael Andy Vick. Reed is at the airport. Michael Vick being at the airport was a monster. Michael Vick might have actually been at the airport, and then Herm Edwards made the call or whatever, and he got back on the plane and left. But you know, it, was, like, it was a connecting flight. It was a connecting flight for sure. Did you ever get, like, any, like, craziness that ended up being true or just, like, maybe the most absurd rumor you ever got in your time there? Yeah, I mean, there, there's been quite a few over the years, and uh... – not one necessarily that I can pick off the top of my head, but, you know, back when you're, you're board hopping and, and working with the weekend shows or whatever, sometimes people would call in with uh, these random things or, or want to go off these random topics. So it happens, um, you know, and, and there are, there are certain things that you, you hear over time, like, um, you know, certain stories that you kind of want others to, to kind of confirm for you. And, you know, in, in situations you guys have had before where you, you might hear something, but, you know, in, in journalism school, you do get the two, three sources, and by the time you do, the yeah. news is already out there, and you know it's it's that's the way it goes. I've always been of, of the of the mindset, you know, the I'm the old school journalist. You better be right than than get it out there first. Yeah, I'm not not ta taking your case, but as an example, but you know, always taking caution. So um, I, I've if I didn't break the story, it, it wasn't the worst worst thing for me. Um, you know, just getting the story right and making sure, you know, maybe it's a quote that I have that somebody else isn't going to have. That's most important to me than, than being the first one to, to report it. 
I mean, I could not imagine the early 2000s if Twitter was around. Pat Malacaro leaving Comstock Avenue party. Oh, my gosh. Could you – I mean – With an exam at 7.30 the same day. He has, he, has a, he has an 8.30. He had an 8.30 Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the next night, and he went out to a mixer on Comstock, and then the next yep. thing you know, he's buried in a plate of insomnia cookies, and he hasn't even reviewed his notes. So, Pat, that's what we're going into your background now, obviously. Syracuse, Newhouse, been at GR since 2006. But let's get into some Syracuse. How were those days? Oh, it was awesome. And, you know, it's one of those things. The reason I went there is because so many journalists, especially sports journalists, had gone there before, you know, previously. And, yep. if you, you know, to, not to quote Ric Flair, but, you know, you want to be the best. You, you want to go to the best places. So, um, you know, riffing on his quote a little bit, um, I, I wanted to go to Syracuse and, my freshman year was when they won the national championship. You know, 2000. Not bad. Not a bad freshman year. Yeah, never lost a, a home game at the Carrier Dome. You know, Carmelo Anthony, Jerry McNamara, Keem Warwick, you know, Quet Dwayne, Craig Forth, you name it, Josh Pace. I mean, all those players, great time for Syracuse basketball. Football, not as good, but basketball was great. And, you know, the three and a half years were some of my most fun times. And just even the guys I, I got to know. Um, that are journalists now in different areas and um, just in, in what some of my roommates have gone on to do is, is just really fun to see. And in the age of social media, being able to stay in touch more so than maybe yep. before has been great. Sometimes and, I miss the obvious in front of me. Is your, was your freshman year the championship year and then senior year the Jerry McNamara 10 fucking games run? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Al, oh. that run, are you kidding me? Being on campus when he was hitting those shots, I can't even imagine. I've I've been I was there for for the two Final Fours like that we've had obviously in the last decade, but I could not imagine being on campus every day with those runs and just like living it like those shots. Oh my gosh! Well, and that's the thing on you know, the Big East tournament. I graduated by that point, so oh my god, cruise control for Malacaro. <laughs> let's go. Well, I I was actually working, so like I I was I was driving deliver and delivery service, so I'd be driving. You know, listen to ESPN radio and listen to the games and McNamara hitting the shots. Oh, my God. Those games and, you know, calling buddies who were still in school that were at the Madison Square Garden. It's, it was a crazy time. The only unfortunate part was that Jerry was, I think, somewhat injured. That was like the, he had those four or five games in him. And then after that, they lose in the first round of the tournament to Texas A&M. Yep. It was a sad way to go out. But that was incredible. Pat, it's kind of funny. You graduated in three and a half years. Um, I was the person who I went to UB for six years just to see their first Mac basketball title. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't walking until until they were dancing. No, I. I and this is no joke. I told all my friends, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be going to this school until we get it done. And in my sixth year at UB, um, they did it, and I'll I'll never forget that Mac title in Cleveland. My sixth year at UB, and then I graduated after that. So yeah. People ask, what happened? Why were you at UB for six years? There you go. Hey, Lance Leipold just took a fifth year at UB. No big deal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, and in your footsteps, he'll probably take a sixth year. I don't know. I mean, that's at the end of the day. I mean, you you go back to that MAC championship, and I, I went to Columbus for, for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to go to the, the MAC championship in Cleveland, but, you know, getting a chance to go to, to be in, in the arena for that game against West Virginia and – you know, only been five hours away and, and know how, knowing how many UB fans showed up. I mean, you ask for a better scenario. I mean, I guess going to Key Bank Center and being able to play there is 
a dream scenario. But besides that, I mean, that's, that's as close, almost as close as you could get. And that it was such a fun time. And you know, for you to be in school still for that, I mean, it's 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 experiences like that that you just don't get all the time. No, as, so, no. as someone who is new to Cleveland, though. The UB fan base definitely feeds off that behind enemy lines vibe that they get from being in Cleveland. Like, if they were going down to KeyBank, I think they'd have, like, their Tim Hortons. They'd be a little more, eh, hope, hope Coach has them ready today, whereas they're like, Hortons up, baby, let's go. Like, there's definitely more of it. Like, I, I mean, you have to be in – like, I don't mean to be that person. You have to go experience it yourself. But UB fans in Cleveland are just nuts. You're spot on because it's an Ohio conference. Yeah. So you're yep. walking into enemy lines right when you cross that border. So like when you get to that city and you're wa- and you're wearing all blue and no one else is, it's a great feeling. And the, I mean those years, I've, I mean go. I've been going there since '04 and R.I.P. Paninis. Who knows what's gonna happen to that place? Because obviously it's a tough time with the uh, with COVID and everything. But this place had some of the craziest sandwiches I've ever seen, Pat. I mean, I know they're like, what are they, Al? The Philly-style sandwiches or whatever? I mean, I don't oh, know what they're called or whatever, but they put the French fries on them and everything. Oh, French fries, coleslaw, whatever kind of oh, meat you Pittsburgh want. Oh, the Pittsburgh-style. Yeah, yeah okay. Pittsburgh-style. They were saying, oh, my gosh, they were so good. Massive. So, speaking of sandwiches, Pat, I know you're a big South Buffalo guy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, because I'm not. I'm a North Bronx <laughs> guy. And Maniac A, you're a North Bronx guy. Yeah. Well, you're not, oh, well, but I'm a little bit more appreciative of the South Towns than you are. I mean, I've had my Elma, my Eden, you know? Okay, enough. <laughs> so, Pat, got to ask you, like, favorite restaurants and favorite wings in South Buffalo? Uh, I mean, I've been going to Doc Sullivan's for, you know, 20 years now just to, okay. for their wings. And for, for people that don't know, there's a, a South Buffalo-style wing, the Smitty Wing, and Doc's was originally Smitty's and Smitty, who owned the place, came up with his own style of wing. Doc's does them really well. The Buffalo Irish Center, uh, they've been making food now for several years. They've got a really good uh, wing there, too. And it's not your, you know, sauce-based wing. And I don't say it in a bad way, but, you know, it's a different – it's got a lot of spice to it. it the, the crispier, the better. Um, there's sauce on them, but it's not an, an overpowering. And I think those two places do it really well. I mean, I live – couple blocks away from imperial you go there for you know, almost anything um i mean you know the history of it being boxy south and then becoming imperial over the years so not much has changed in terms of the pizza and and the wings there so there, any style you want you can get but if you if you come into south buffalo you definitely you know blackthorn uh they have really good South Blackthorn bomb. That, that, that's one of our top uh, reviews for wing reviews. I do have to say, unfortunately for your boys at Docs, they had a bad showing on wing reviews. But by their standards, for sure. I think they were like a low seven. But I know that a lot of people consider them in their top five. That's the thing of wing reviews. You get one shot, one opportunity to seize everything your wing restaurant ever wanted. Doc Sullivan's on Abbott Road in South Buffalo. First, right. first impression, what do you think? Doc Sullivan's, I'm loving the look of them. Look very crispy. I'm seeing like some flavor maybe uh, into the wing there. I got a little side sauce here I'm going to rub against and yep. I'm going to uh, tear up here. Wrong. Planning accordingly. Ooh, I don't like the look on that wing. Yeah, that's... Let's see, we'll take a bite. Looks like it's... What? Is that, is that green on this side? Yeah, I'm out. It's going to get, I'm going to lock in an Eric Wood, a 70 for these Doc Sullivan's. To be honest, I was expecting a little bit better, but.
Yeah, it, they've got so many different styles of, of wings, and they but the beef on whack wing and all these yeah. different flavors. So um, something for everyone. And Pat, I got to bring up because I've always been a Northtowns guy. I mean, uh, born and raised, so we never experienced like the true South Buffalo wings pizza, and I started dabbling into it. Started dating a girl from West Seneca, South Buffalo. Her family was from there. And Imperial, hands down, number one. I love it. Every time we're in South Buffalo, and I'm not that far. I'm in Chica Vegas. It's like 20, 22 minutes. It's not that bad. But, like, I, Imperial, still today, I tell my father this, my brother this, you got to go there. Like, it's the best. And I love the outdoor seating now, the restaurant that they got there. It's amazing. It is. And, you know, to see what it was before and then the, the renovation and to be able to eat outdoors now and when the, when the weather's nice like it is. I mean, that was originally, uh, I'm going to the memory banks, but that was a bocce pizzeria back way back when. That's something I haven't heard. So I got to confirm that. That's awesome. I did not and know then that. once bocce left, I, I, I believe, you know, fact check me on this, but I think there were some bocce employees that ended up taking it over. So that's why, you know, if you're a fan, pizza it's cut the same way it's yes. the same yeah. side the same size same box pizza. right yes you can get the half pizza all that stuff. so it, it makes sense if, if you like that style pizza you're gonna like that from imperial and my mind is blown right now because what's, no what's more mind more like than you think what's yeah. more mind-blowing that or the fact that debella's subs was like inherited by wegmans for their sub shop and people always say Debella's is still better and that they gave Wegmans like the 1B the like recipe. That's what everyone says, not me. That's what everyone says in my intern's report. But yo, real quick, Southtown semi-sleeper, because if you're in the Southtowns, you don't view it as a sleeper. I'm sure you guys one. Bella Pizza. Great combo of pizza and wings for sure. Yeah, I'd say always over above, always above a uh, Jason Kroom, always above an 80 out of 100. That's a place I don't go too often enough. Uh, as much as I'm a South Towner, I, I stick South Buffalo downtownish. So um, further south, I don't get to enough. But uh, yeah, that's not a city of Buffalo place. You got to be like really in the South Towns to get to Bella yeah. for sure. That's why. That's why it's. I feel like a lot of North Towners probably don't know about it, but to the South Towns, probably not so much a sleeper. All right, Pat. I have two questions for you. One, what do you consider like the border from like the North Towns and the South Towns, and two. Actually, two questions, three questions. Do you hate the North Towns? No. Because some people that are South Towns. There are, there are they, no they Bison's fans. Pat can't stand Bison's fans from Amherst. <laughs> he, he just hates it. Lockport, Amherst, hates all the Bison. You know stop. what I mean, though? There's some South Towns people that just, just they will not go to the North Towns. Oh, the people are North Towns and sort of South Towns people are like that. There are people like that. You're one of them. You're you don't like being caught in the South Towns. If I see your Bitmoji or your Snapchat in the South Towns, I know something's going on. Like you're forced there for work. But it it, it is almost like two different places. Like it is. You know, GR is up on uh, on Maple right by UB. You know, if I drive on the Boulevard, I, I don't experience that on Camp Road or Southwestern. Like. It, it's just totally different. So it's, it's two different styles. I, I like them both, but it's definitely a lot different. I think for me, really, once you get to North Buffalo and above, like downtown is almost the line it, it, between North Towns and South Towns. So, I mean, you got Lancaster, which is kind of in between everything. 
That's all. That's all. The way the one the one ninety jutting out to go north to the Galleria or south to the South Downs. That's probably the equator of sorts. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I think Cheek to Vegas. I'm right on the equator. Yeah, but you're you're North Towns. You're like in Barbados. You're in like the equivalent of Barbados in this world. And you know what's funny is that like so just like the North Pole and South Pole in our minds are relatively equivalent. I feel like Clarence and Eden are pretty similar. Like, I feel like the more you get away from the equator, you actually get similar. Whereas closer to the equator, like Amherst versus Orchard Park. Like, I know whether I'm in Amherst or Orchard Park. If you drop me in Clarence or Eden, I, I could maybe get fooled. I can see that, yeah. All right. You know, no more. No, no <laughs> more. It's no like more. I regret going with that question. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I, I, I hope we can cut this. So, no more North Town, South Town. It's time for some WGR talk. Pat, first question I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. is – what was it? I don't even remember how many years ago this was now, but were you on the show when I called in? I thought it was you, Koziel, Ryan Gates, talking big four basketball when I broke the news about Alan Green going to Auburn. It was two years, and, two years and five months ago. So you were yeah. still on it. Yeah, so Ryan, Ryan wanted Brian and I to join him because I, I go to a lot of Canisius Niagara games and Brian, being right by UB, um, covers UB a lot more. So yeah, that's that's a, a great memory. Yeah, we, we were on the show that night with him. I could not remember. Like, was I just with Gates, or were you still on that? And I was talking to Maniac. I'm like, we got to bring that up tonight. Like, if that awesome. you were actually, yeah, oh, that was that. so funny. I remember. I'm like, I'm calling Maniac. It's a commercial break. I'm like, I hope they don't figure it out. I hope they don't know. I want to break this on GR. Another one of your scoops. Yeah. It just no. It wasn't a scoop. It was just a tweet. The tweets started filing in. I'm well, like, no, it was on. Remember, this was the most random thing ever. Okay, because we have we do have sources at UB or whatever that would have got our sources. Ever, but that one wasn't it. The lead story on Score Mobile and nowhere else. It was on Score Mobile, Pat, as like a news update. Uh, like, because typically you're just going to that app to check scores. Yeah. But then under the news, it was like Ad Green leaving UB for Auburn, and it was just like one of those one sentence blurbs that they get up real quick. And, like, we were just looking at that, like, oh, my God. And oh, then yeah, all remember, of a sudden, start double-checking, and yeah. All I hear is Gates on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time. <laughs> that was literally the first time on WGR I could ever remember hearing somebody actually clicking a mouse and going at the keyboard. He goes, uh, uh, that looks like the case. <laughs> <laughs> so, Great transition right here, Pat. Give me, I mean, you've been there since 06. Real quick, real quick. Shout out Corporate Gates, who's going to be with us tomorrow when Burrs takes on Nate Geary. He will be Nate Geary's caddy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, tomorrow night's going to be a great time. But, (laughs) Pat, you've been with GR 14 years. What are some of your favorite moments? Do you have, like, an all-timer, like, something like that? Well, off the air, we were named the, the top sports station in the country back in 2008. We won the Marconi Award for that. And, you know, all the hard work that goes into to working at the station. Uh, I started right when the Sabres were starting to make their playoff runs. So oh. to, to see a lot from the inside, um, you know, I talk with Brian and John Colziel all the time. Brian's brother, John, was a producer. And, you know, the work he used to put into some of those playoff opens that we would run. And, you know, get, wanted to be there on Sunday morning, the day after, uh, you know, a game against the Rangers in the second round of the playoffs and to play those highlights and things like that, you know, to be at the station for two and a half years and to win that award was, was great. And, you know, it's one of those things that you just look back and say, how many, t- the station hasn't won it since. So that's just a, a moment that 
that we all kind of took a lot of pride in and still do to this day. And what was – I mean, of course, the team was good. So, it's, uh, don't, it is kind of a winning solves everything. We saw it last year with our Bills content. When they're 9-3, and three, you can post a picture of Josh Allen. You're going to blow up a little bit. But with that said, I mean, when those good years were happening, there was some A-plus content coming out of WGR. I'm remembering the Teddy Bruschi content after that Sunday night game. I'm remembering the Dominic Hasek parodies. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Like, there was a lot of supplementary stuff. You, and it was good because you would literally – they blend, you guys blended it perfectly. I say that because you were there, obviously. You blended it perfectly to where you'd be listening to some analytical take that actually had fact and basis. And then it would transition to, like, the most ridiculous story about Teddy Bruschi saving someone from a burning vehicle or Dominic Hasek, like, not knowing what's going on, or Marty Baran having, like, like confused on what to pack for a road trip or something. Like, there was good content like that that made it, like, wholesome. It made it feel like you connected more with the sports scene. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's, that's a lot of the reason why, you know, we took, took a lot of pride and still do in, in everything that goes on at the station. And, you know, now maybe you see that in the drafts that, that show up in the Bulldog will do on Fridays. and and just a lot of that lighter stuff because, you know, you can't take those years for granted. And, um, you know, the year before I was listening to the morning show, you know, joke about, uh, you know, guys in the Ottawa Senators and, and, and certain players. And, and then a year later, I'm, I'm watching them produce that content. So it, it's, it's fun to be on both sides of it and, and to be able to see it. And, you know, even the, the two years that more recently the Sabres made the playoff runs of and they won the division and the year that the Pagoulas bought the team and they, lost in the first round of Philadelphia. There's a lot of juice that was r- around, and it's a lot of fun to, to go to the arena knowing that, you know, people are paying attention. They're, they're literally, you know, listening to every word you say, and you always want to be right. You always want to, you know, bring, up, bring out the best uh, that, that you can because so many people are, you know, listening, and you were in that spot once before. And I'm trying to think, like, those uh... – Obviously, there's the Bills raps. If there were those Buffalo oh. Sabres, like, playoff songs, too. Yeah. Fact can send them in. Nick Mendel makes songs. Yeah, I mean, it was – and that's part of the fun of it is to get yeah. to interact when, when things are going well. I mean, it's just crazy. Look at Maniac's hair. Yeah, so, why, why are we talking Sabres fans? Like, now I'm thinking 2011 Flyers. Like, I'm yeah. just remembering, like, stealing game one. And like an Ennis game winner, I think on a rebound in Game Five on the road, like that mm-hmm. felt like those felt so good. Like those felt so good, and you got to be in a good mood for days. It was like it was like the, honestly the last month of the Bills season last year. Like the, like you got to be in such a good mood for like two to three weeks in a row. Like it was insane. But hopefully, like I, yeah. t- hopefully times like that right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Like it's cr- it's crazy to me. I was underage, <laughs> not by alcohol when the Sabres last made the playoffs. I'm sorry, that, that is just... Yeah. Not consuming I was, alcohol, I was, too. I wasn't. I was camping out at Tops with producer Burrs for Sabres playoff tickets. Like, just think about, what are you doing, maniac? I, I'm just questioning the listener who might have believed that. That's all I'm doing. Wait, you don't think that was real? You, that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to incriminate you on a live show. Thank you. I mean, there's no need to do that. Okay. Um, all right. Sabres, WGR, what's the, what's the hot story over the past week? Paul Hamilton. I mean, Pat, that was pretty quick. 
I mean, he got scooped up like that. He got the best of all worlds. That's my new hot take on this. He got to see that everybody loved him. He got to see ultimately everybody show him respect. And literally, he pulled the Rob Ryan. He was unemployed for about five minutes. And now he's back. Like, you think anything's going to be wrong with him on WGRZ? No, that's a powerhouse. And Pat, real quick, though, he he didn't reach out to Trainwreck, though. Maniac, you asked him to come on Trainwreck. Yeah, I, I, I have on good authority from our board that we proposed a an offer that was you know a lot of people wouldn't just you know decline you know so we'll see so of course we wish Paul Hamlin the best he's been on the show before glad to have him back in the mix the Buffalo sports scene is better with Paul Hamlin in the mix than it's not no doubt I mean you know he brings more than 30 years of experience play-by-play beat reporter you name it Paul's done it and uh, I consider Paul a good friend so uh, you know it was very sad when when the news came out but like you said to be less than a day later um, being with channel two now and, and being able to do commentaries. And I watched this one on last Saturday and, you know, talking about the NHL draft lottery, Paul was right back in his element. And, you know, it, it would be, it'd be very sad to, to have a hockey season without Paul around. And I'm glad that uh, whenever hockey starts back up, that's not going to be the case because uh, if there's somebody that, you know, lives hockey, it's Paul and, and, uh, you know, looking forward to, to seeing him at the rink again. Me too. And you know, you're right. Who knows when we'll ever see Buffalo Sabres hockey again. I mean, as of right now, we have a tentative date for MLB. We have a tentative date for NBA. NFL is on schedule, but nothing really for NHL, right? There's no official. Right. It's, it's kind of getting around to the point where yeah. our, what are the hub cities going to be? I think still that there's they have to be some deals worked out between the, the owners and the players to make everything, you know, uh, work together, uh, not that they won't get it done. Like the NBA, you know, they've got their, their plan ready to go. The NHL kind of laid theirs out, but just like the, the framework, they put it in pencil. Now it's putting it to ink and, yeah. and making sure it, it finally comes through. And then, you know, we're probably going to see December or January next year when the NHL and NBA's new season start. And hopefully yeah. that involves fans and, and all of us kind of being back to a little bit, a little bit to normal of, of what, what it was like. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, sports, you know, the coronavirus, obviously we hate talking about it. So Pat, I want to rattle off, or rattle off some quick questions for you about your quarantine mm-hmm. and sports right now. Pat, your favorite show during quarantine? Shit's Creek. I finally finished it. I've oh. gotten a bit. I've, that's like on my on deck. What, the, what I put, I put, I kept Shit's Creek on the on deck. I started Ozark. That was okay. my one. So I'm into a season of that. Pretty good. I've heard season two is a big job of my friends who I respect their comedy sense say Shit's Creek is one of the funniest shows on TV. Okay. So it's I one of those where you have to, it's a little bit of a slow burn. You may, through the first season, you, you may take a couple episodes to get into it, but uh, it really hits its own. And, um, you know, it, that's really, it was my favorite show and sad to see it go. Okay. Fair enough. It's kind of like The Wire. First season, very slow. You got to get past it. Um, next, your favorite activity in quarantine minus looking at a screen. Golf. Um, Golf a lot. I was okay. talking to him in the pre-show. I go, Pat, you look like you've been laying in a tanning bed, bro. Hey, he goes, no, <laughs> I've just been on the golf course every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get a chance to golf much in the summer. I, I've golfed probably eight times already this year, and I probably oh. eight times in the last five years just because even before I was full-time at the Bisons, you know, working a job and then working home games and going on the road sometimes – you don't have time to golf, so. Baseball schedule is brutal. Like, I'm just thinking now for, like, announcers, because it's basically like you're a player. 
Like you're doing everything they're doing all the time. Yeah, 140 games, 150 days. It was uh, it's a it's a fun. Your off your off days must be like finding like a treasure chest. Like you probably just want to <laughs> like curl into a ball and sleep and golf in your mind. Yeah, but uh, hope hoping to hit. Like I've never played Grover Cleveland. I'm playing that on Friday. You know, I want to hit up a course that that played the U.S. Open before, and uh, wow. maybe get a couple of new new courses in I've never played. That's awesome. And this is this is the summer to take care of it, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is favorite snack during quarantine. Uh, the munchies. You guys ever had that? Had oh that? yeah, the combo, the pretzel, like Cheeto. It's it's an off-brand Cheeto they use, or whatever. And then an off. No, like, no, they're, they're it's an actual brand, yeah. Cheeto. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I'm out. And then they use a uh, Sun Chip. Is it yep. Sun Chip? And, and then a pre- so pretzel, Cheeto, Doritos. Sun Chip, and Dorito. Those four. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, when you get the flaming, the flaming uh, munchies. Oh. That's the one. Yep. Yep. Oh, I thought you were asking us if we ever had the munchies. Yeah, I go like Pat. Come on, <laughs> dude. Like, like, like I, I, I average eight point five chocolate chip cookies per night, bro. So I was gonna say, what's the definition of the munchies? Like being hungry after nine p.m. Is that it? Like, what is the definition, maniac? I'd say I would say when you eat after like yeah, it, to everyone it's different. I would actually say within ninety minutes of going to bed. And you eat in that mode where it feels like no matter how much you eat, you're like not gonna ever be like not hungry. Like definitely potato chips play into that. Okay. Like pretzels, like okay. like the very popular snack items play perfectly into those because they're airy. They, they they feel like that you're not eating a lot until you're like gorged on them for sure. I, I would define okay. those as the munchies. Got not it. if you're eating like two apples at 8 p.m. Like you know. Yeah, you're not eating two empires and like okay, I had the munchies. Uh, and have Granny Smith and Red Delicious. Pat, final question for you. Favorite alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink of the quarantine? Oh, I mean, the, the non-alcoholic one is easy. I mean, I, I drink black coffee like it's going out of style. <laughs> okay. Big coffee yes, guy. How many cups do you average per day, like on a game day? Give me a game day. <laughs> a game day, uh, two in the morning, probably four. Oh! Pat, I have never had a cup of coffee in my life. Do you believe that? I, 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 I both of us, both of us. Yeah, that's in, like I, I'm saving it. I don't know what Al's doing. I'm saving it as like a secret cheat code unlock for when I like get tired one day. I, I believe it because I I did not start drinking coffee until I started working in baseball. Okay. Drive to Batavia, come home at midnight, get up early in the morning. Like that was the only thing that and Red Bull and it's too much sugar for me now. I'm old. It's that's way too much sugar. So black coffee is like my lifeblood. Uh, See, Pat, 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 you don't look old. I mean, if, if, if people had an overall... That has a Benjamin our- Button thing going on for sure. <laughs> like that photo, Al, that photo that they posted, or I don't forget who posted it, from some bachelor party, Pat, yeah. of all the WGR guys oh, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, like yeah. You, you, I mean, you could be like a couple years before that photo right now. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not just throwing smoke here. I'm serious. Like if we had a random person join this show right now and gave the over-under of all our ages, it would not shock me if Pat's could be the lowest. I mean, yeah, right, I, right. I mean, well, you could be our train wreck intern. Yeah. <laughs> he goes he, to Hilbert. The tan in. I mean, the tan takes a bunch of years off. It just and, and, it's and not Pat Malacaro. Like, it's tan Malacaro. And look at look at the white. He's got the white shirt too. Yeah, that's the, that is. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly. it's the perfect like you know contrast. And final question here: Who's got the better lampshade? I mean, look at. I mean, look at that. Yours. Who's got the better placement? <laughs> His is way better. Look at that. Mine, I, I like yours a lot. Now, mine is, was a 
you know, that was a family, I wouldn't call it a family heirloom, but it was something that's been passed down for years. So. Wow, Al, so you're basically going to try and insult Pat's family like that, huh? Live <laughs> on the show? I'm so, all right, cool. I'm sorry. Real cool, Pat. The only uh, Al, way, heard, to make, way to make our guests feel welcome, Al. The only time I've heard that word heirloom is an heirloom tomato. I used to work in produce at Wegmans. Great tomatoes. Heirlooms. All right, that's it. No more. All right, Pat, next question for you. Besides baseball, which sport are you most looking forward to? When it comes back, hockey. I mean, I, I grew up on the ice. I, I love hockey. I've continued to play it just recreationally, you know, over the years. So I'm hoping that the players and the owners have the agreement soon that um, they can quarantine in whatever hub cities there are. And, you know, to me, the Stanley Cup is like that, that is the trophy. Um, you know, to, to see the playoffs that go two months and to have to win four games in a yep. seven-game series. I know it's cliche, but for me, hockey is as good as it gets. And, and, Pat, that's a great point you bring up because you're honestly more of a rare breed in Buffalo, in my opinion, because you'll see people that we've talked to over the past two, three years that would rather have one Bills Super Bowl than two or three Stanley Cups, which to me is mind-blowing. Like, I, I will never agree with that take. The two I'm isn't mind-blowing to me. I'd say three is yes. Three is absurd. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think two is a tough question. I think two is a Buffalo sports dilemma. I would take, no doubt, two Stanley Cups over one Super Bowl. Okay. We I mean, hockey seasons are long and they're a grind, but NFL is everything, dude. NFL is everything nationally. I'm just saying, just like, see. nobody – actually, right. to be honest, I, I know the Sabres have gotten worse, but when I lived in Westchester, New York, the other side of the state, when I lived in New Jersey, nobody ever made fun of me for being a Buffalo Sabres fan. People made fun of me all the time for being a Buffalo Bills fan. Like, it was almost like I was, like, harmless. Like, I, I like they had teams, and I was like, oh, yeah, I me, mean, yeah, the Bills, the Bills. Like, nobody ever was like, oh, Hashik. I get the national – And he was LeBron James of NHL, Al. Stop. Stop. I get, listen, I get the national perspective, no doubt, NFL. That's the, that's the king. That's all over the world, the Super Bowl. But, like, I still, I still feel like the city of Buffalo, though, two Stanley Cup runs. Like, the city of Buffalo loves freaking sports. It doesn't matter if it's the Bills. Plaza Sabres. would be incredible. Plaza yeah, would it, be I, incredible. I, I could not imagine April to mid-June Stanley Cup run twice. Like, that's, I don't know, that's, that's my take is Buffalo Sabres fans were diehard no matter what it is. And let's go. I was going to say, I mean, Buffalo is a party period. So yeah. I got to see what Niagara Square would Good look point. like or, you know, wherever a, a, a parade route would be for Bills, Sabres, you name it. Just we, we can see the video of what 99 in, you know, the, the runner-up uh, parade and, and ceremony looked like. I mean, three, four, five, tenfold, whatever would yeah. be just amazing to see. I'm thinking right now, like, for the Darlene draft, I mean, and we were seven years into the drought at that point. For the Darlene draft, they basically half-filled the plaza, Al. Like, the plaza was about a half to 40% filled. If yeah. you get a legitimate playoff run, the plaza probably won't be big enough at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, because everyone will want to be a part of it. They don't know if another one's coming for 10 years. It yep. will be insane. So, just get us there. Kevin with a Y, that's my guy. Washington Street will be shut down. It'll go all the way to Seneca Tower, that party. Can you imagine the top? The top we're on the top of the tower just going nuts. <laughs> cup, cup, cup. Pat Malacaro party surfing in the plaza. 
All right, Maniac, real quick. I know you want to touch on this. You know I never want to talk about this. Yes. WWE, go. We got a big retirement. And it's weird because WWE had his retirement technically a bunch of years ago. The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, if you want to break kayfabe, finally hanging him up. Pat, just real quick, your favorite Undertaker memory and, and maybe like your thoughts on his retirement. Like he did go a little long, but your thoughts. Favorite memory is, I can't remember if it's SummerSlam 92 or 93, but whenever they were in Wembley Stadium, he, the Undertaker enters in an English-style hearse. He was taking on Kamala, and it was a long ramp all the way down from the back to the front. And it's dark, and to see him on the back of the hearse just ride in with the, the casket in the back was, as a kid, it was just one of those cool things that I've, I've always remembered that entrance. I, I love the, the grand entrance, so that, to me, uh, was always the best. And, look, for him to just continue to go on, I think, you know, you, you heard him say it, he didn't want to become a shadow of himself. So, um, you know, with the way that some guys work once a year, could we see The Undertaker come back for, you know, one more match again at a WrestleMania for a couple more years? Sure, but uh, the official retirement is, you know, good for him, somebody that – you talk about being a, a corporate uh, company guy, never left WWE once he got there. And, you know, not, not a first ballot hall of Famer because there is no first ballot in, in that sport. Uh, well, but let's keep in mind, there are two time hall of famers, which makes the that's the greatest thing. Al, I know your, your normal sports, you can only be a one time hall of famer, but in the WWE hall of fame, you can be a two time hall of famer and tell me that doesn't make the hall of fame better. Like, we don't need the first ballot. Are you a two-timer? Are you a two-timer? <laughs> WWE Talk sponsored by Pazda Electric. Don't forget that, folks. Pazda Electric. Go. Okay, well, no, but I just wanted to give my opinion the Undertaker. This is my new hot take, okay, Pat? I just came up with this in the last 10 seconds. WWE careers and sports careers aren't meant the same. Undertaker had a perfect career. Lost to the, the to Lesnar at WrestleMania and then put over Reigns as the new top star at, at a later WrestleMania. That would have been the equivalent of Michael Jordan hitting the game-winning shot against the Utah Jazz. Everything after Reigns at WrestleMania was Undertaker's Michael Jordan with the Wizards. He still had great performances. He still, like, shocked and awed crowds, but he just was never the same. He tried to catch that lightning. He had the match with Goldberg, which, unfortunately, I think they both want back. But he did eventually go out on, on, on top. Jordan had a couple big games with the Wizards. He showed he still had it. Undertaker had the cinematic match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And I think, to be honest, that actually played into his decision to retire. I mean, that was just such a solid match. It represented what he was as a character. He was able to do all three uh, phases of his career, biker taker, uh, phenom taker, and everything like that. And I think it was a poetic ending for him at the end of the day. I think it's a really – Good analogy and a good way to put it. It's something I hadn't thought of, but you're right. I mean, it's people don't really remember the Wizards years. You, you're not going to remember him and Cena at WrestleMania. You're, you're not going to remember when Bray Wyatt captured The Undertaker to, like, steal his power. Like, that was one of the greatest endings to a pay-per-view I've ever seen. Like, people were like, Bray Wyatt's the new Undertaker. But you don't remember. It was just – it was a 47-point game from Jordan. That's what it was. Right. <laughs> Look at that <his> <laughs> <laughs> poor Alec he does he indulges us on the WWE talks but it, it, we might as well just be speaking like you know Spanish that's a different language but you know what 
Buff Creek, starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow, open 24-7. Pat, are you a gambler whatsoever at all? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't go regularly, but I, I, I do like it. And look, I, I've said for years, it blows me away that we can have an OTB where you can go and bet horses, but yeah. for this time you couldn't bet on games. It never made any sense to me. So now that Facts. there's so much money to be made for the states, I think it was inevitable that we got to that point. Like, you know, UFC was banned for so many years because of the non-regulations. And then New York State was so far behind me uh, with the times. I'm glad that we're finally getting yep. to the point where you're able to go to, to the casino and, you know, bet games. And uh, this past Super Bowl uh, with a couple of guys, I went down a couple of days ahead of time, placed a couple of props just because – you want to have some investment in it. And yep. having played fantasy sports forever, that's fun. But I, I do like uh, that aspect and, and think it's something that was long overdue. Yeah, hopefully it's a matter of time when you can just literally look at your phone and place a bet. Online mm -hmm. betting would be, you know, very easy. That'd be awesome. But today, I got to give you guys an example. I took the under two and a half in a Barcelona. Uh, Could you imagine Earth. this guy walking through the section, though? Overs, unders, get your <laughs> money lines. That's what I'm talking about. I want that in-stadium concession. Swipe my card, get that play in, and let's go. Like, this guy was meant to give you gambling lines. This guy was meant to – he was born to do it. Live play, swipe your card right in the seats. Yeah, but, yeah, but today, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, under two and a half. Final score, deuce, deuce. Three PKs, one own goal. Like that's so soccer is incredible. After watching more soccer than I ever have, I think you should be able to bet the under between like the 30th minute and the and the 80th minute. Like, and that should always be one out because it's either a goal is scored early or like it's not scored until after the 80th minute. Golf yeah, like, or, or so soccer under over over unders are like a roller coaster. It is. You're right. You can never really predict it, and that's what I'm well, that's what I'm talking about today. Like. There was not a – I mean, I don't want to call it a true goal because a PK is a, that's a real goal. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a PK is, like, what are the odds for the person that's kicking? Like, 80? 90? Yeah. Oh, I mean, PK odds are at least 85. Eight, at least 85 for sure. Five out of six are going in. Five out of six are going so, in. So, that's my point. There wasn't a real goal scored yeah. today. I, I still think – I'm telling you, my soccer rule that I would change one thing, and I think it would be a lot more popular in the U.S., and I, and I get that I might take flag for saying that. You uh -oh. got to get rid of the box because what happens is players get just inside the box, and then they go like, oh! And then they get, and then they get the same PK as if they had, like, an open breakaway. They get Phil, the same – okay. Yeah, Phil, Phil, you're okay. I, I was diving. Phil, I was diving. <laughs> but, no, like, so you, what you need to do is you need to make it an arc like they do, like, the uh, – like they do the NBA three-point arc, for sure. And then you'll see a closer in, and you can still put the PK spot at the same spot, but you'll see that the box isn't, like, so ridiculous. I get that you want to have clear play in there, but it's just the, the United States does not like questionable calls deciding our games. And you see that in soccer and in Europe. I hate to say it. They're, they're kind of okay with it, with PKs. At You're the end right, of the day, because... I don't see Byron going nuts. That was not a – VAR should have overturned that, like – I low-key agree with that because sometimes the, the box is so far out. Like they're it's not it's incredible. From there. There's no <laughs> chance that if I'm just one foot inside the box that I should get the same opportunity if I'm one-on-one -on -one with the goalie point blank. Spot on. Love it. And you know what, Pat? Maniac, what's it time for? It is time for Trainwreck Trivia 
two truths, one lie. And one truth is that you just hijacked the entire show so you can go over a bad beat. Let's just, let's just can we acknowledge that? No, I brought up the Buff Creek opening up tomorrow. Oh, I, oh I brought it up. I made a very pretty thing. Train wreck trivia, two truths, one lie, brought to you by Posdy Electric. 716-698-2711. Mention train wreck sports or say this train never stops and get a free house surge protector with every service upgrade. Okay, folks, here we go. Two truths, one lie. Everyone's played some version of this game, I assume. Pat, have you? Yes. I'm okay, not- I, know, I know Al has. I know he plays in the mirror every night. But with that said, we have for Pat, we are going to go with train wreck facts or, or history, et cetera. Okay. And, and you know, this Al's going to love this for his, for his, it's going to be WWE facts. <laughs> so there you go. So you're both, you're both about on even standing here. Cause they're going to be some that are easy. There are going to be some that are meant to be trick questions, but here we go. Train wreck. We're going to let the guests go first guest honors to Pat. So we have two truths, one lie brought to you by Pazda Electric. Here we go. Okay, so this is your first question for both of you. They're a little easier, so here we go. This year, Trainwreck Sports will be four years old. We once interviewed Liam McHugh of NBC Sports and had the whole episode delete itself due to technical difficulties. And this train stops. Where's the lie, Pat? The third one. Okay. Shout out to Liam McHugh. We love Liam McHugh. Just are you kidding me with that? That was that was a tough one. He was thinking for a second. Okay, Al, your questions. Vince McMahon owns the WWE. There was a wrestler during the Attitude Era named Mankind. Hulk Hogan never wrestled in WWE. Gotta be the last one. Gotta be the last one. See, there you go. And I even put him in the same order so you knew, Al. So there you go. Right. Easy, easy to get you on the board. I didn't want you going to goose egg like last time. Here we go. Second round of train wreck trivia. 1-1, Pat and Al are tied. This one is going to go with reports. The theme of this category is reports for train wreck sports. Train wreck sports incorrectly reported the Bills were going to sign Jadavion Clowney last year. Train wreck sports was almost on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And Trainwreck Sports reported on WGR 550 that UB, AD, Allen Green was going to Auburn. So Al gave that one away himself. I didn't see that in the rundown, that he was going to give that one away. True. So, I'll go with the first one. You're going to go with the first one? Trainwreck Sports incorrectly reported the Bills were going to sign Clowney last year? That is the lie. That was Why So Serious podcast. We all remember that. Who could forget that day? Okay, so Pat goes to up 2-1. Here we go, Al. So this is going to go with Headlines. The category is headlines for WWE. Which headline is the lie? Donald Trump gains ownership of the WWE. The rock stars in the Scorpion King 3 for WWE Studios. Or computer runs WWE Raw for almost two years. Which of those is the lie? Donald Trump gains ownership of WWE. The rock stars in Scorpion King 3, anonymous computer runs WWE Raw for almost two years. Computer. That is, in fact, true, as, as Pat acknowledges. A computer ran WWE for almost two years and never gained any ownership on who it was, who was behind it or anything, because that's WWE. You don't need explanations. Just okay, Pat, the storyline. Pat is up 2-1. He breaks serve on Al there. 
Let's see. So we're going to go to the third round of Trainwreck Trivia brought to you by Posse Electric. This theme is guests, Pat. Okay, so one of these guests was not on Trainwreck Sports. The other two were. The three guests, Nate Robinson, John Warrow, Dion Dawkins. Nate Robinson, John Warrow, Dion Dawkins. I'm going to say John Warrow. John Warrow is correct. How I tried to get him with it? the trick. I tried to get him with the trick, Al. I tried he, to get him with the trick. So we got he, that. He's going to go he with Jara. He's done his Pat, scouting. Pat wasn't prepped. Pat was not <laughs> prepped. He did not know anything about this no. game. Okay, Al, your theme for this next category is WWE pay-per-view events. I'm going to name for you three events. One of them is a fake one I made up. Two of them are real ones. Okay? Okay. WWE Armageddon. WWE Slamtown USA, WWE Judgment Day, WWE Armageddon, WWE Slamtown USA, WWE Judgment Day. Slamtown USA. Okay, so he goes for the trick angle because he didn't know any better and he gets it right. Three to two. Nice. Al holds serve. You know you went for that one because you thought it was a trick, but I, I, won't, thought, I won't go anymore. I thought you might throw in there the, the great balls of fire one to try and Oh, that would have been too ridiculous. That would have been unfair. Like, come on. No, I, I wouldn't even think that was a real one if I didn't see the actual pay-per-view. Okay, so it's 3-2 Pat Pavich, a perfect game, as they say in the biz here. Let's see, we got round four, so we got Trainwreck Sports events. These are events we covered in person. Okay, so these are three events, one event we did not cover in person. The UB Football MAC Championship game in 2018, Bills Jaguars 2017 wildcard, UB Penn State 2019. Which of those events did we not attend or cover in person? Bills Jaguars, UB MAC Championship 2018, UB Penn State 2019. I'll go with the MAC Championship 2018. Pat allows a hit. He, he whiffs on that one. It was UB Penn State 2019. We were going to go, but then we ended ah. up covering it live. Great first half, but unfortunately, you've uh, so Al with a chance Love to tie to it up. Open. Left of the door over here, round four. Let's see what else got. This next theme is WWE appearances. So, Al, you're getting uh, three individuals, okay? And which one of these did not partake in a match at WrestleMania, okay? Jason Statham, Snooki from Jersey Shore, or Floyd Mayweather? Jason Statham, Snooki. Or Floyd Mayweather. Two of these had a WrestleMania. Two of these individuals had a WrestleMania match. The other did not. Floyd Mayweather, Snooky from Jersey Shore, Jason Statham. I'll go Floyd. Floyd Mayweather did have a WrestleMania match. He knocked out the Big Show. WWE, like they always like to do, invites boxers on, has the boxers beat their main big guys and lets the boxers leave after a huge payday, just like they did with Tyson Fury this past year. So Al still trailing by one. So what was the answer? Oh, sorry. The answer is Jason Statham. Snooki from Jersey Shore had a WrestleMania match. I figured Snooki was in there, but I thought Floyd can't lose. (laughs) I figured Snooki was in there. All right. All right. I'll give you credit for that. All right. Three to two going into the last round of Trainwreck Trivia here brought to you by Posse Electric. So all the marbles here, guys. Get it wrong, Pat. (laughs) Okay. Which one of these is false or a lie? 
we used to use fake microphones that weren't actually hooked up to anything during our shows. <laughs> we once accidentally broadcasted on the Buffalo Barstool page. Al used to throw his shirt against the wall while we recorded audio podcasts. I'll go with the third one. The third one, Al used to throw his shirt against the wall while we recorded podcasts? Yeah. Al? It's true. It's true <laughs> that he used to do that. The lie is that we once accidentally broadcasted on the Buffalo Barstool page. We used to use fake microphones. Sorry, folks. We had to fake it till we made it. Now that we're here, we can make it. So Al can tie. I know people don't like tie, but hey, shout out 2011 All-Star Game. We, he can tie here. Round five, Trainwreck Trivia brought to you by Posse Electric. Which one of these superstars never held the WWE championship title? Sheamus, Jinder Mahal, or Vader? Sheamus, Jinder Mahal, or Vader? Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal answer. Pat tells him it's incorrect. Jinder Mahal won the title a couple years ago from Randy Orton. It's WWE superstar, Hall of Famer, Vader, who actually never uh, held the title. So a lot of people look at that as kind of, it was like kind of like when Peyton Manning didn't have a championship, but Vader's still a superstar. But one of those surprise stats never held the WWE title. Pat Malacaro wins train wreck trivia. He takes down Al three to two. Brought to you by Posse Electric. Congratulations! Thank you both for playing. That was fun. All right, it's time for shout outs. Pat, you want to start it up? Yeah. <laughs> You're thanks, in such a good mood right now, Al. Yeah, thanks for having me on today, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, looking forward to following along with everything, and uh, you know, hopefully we have baseball sooner or later. Be glad to chat with you guys again. Have you at the ballpark and. Uh, Hopefully we can be in person soon too. Most definitely. I would love to be in person. I got it. I know I always do this for some, well, I don't always do this. I do this for some guests, but I got to shout out Pat gave us press access to the Bisons last year. Yep. Let us get a lot of coverage. Yep. Let me freeze my ass off in, in the press box. Cause everyone keeps it like 57 degrees in there, but uh, no, didn't have to. You should have seen the look on Pat's face like the third day I was there when I was like, hey, can I interview Vladimir Greer Jr. one-on-one like secretly away from everybody? And he's like, no, you can't do that because that is an absurd thing for a future MLB superstar to do. Like, and he said it in the nicest way. Literally said it in the nicest way for my ridiculous uh, request. But just shout out to Pat, Brad, and the Bisons for that, for allowing us all that access and fun. And again, hopefully in-person fun sooner rather than later. A huge shout-out still to the first responders. Obviously, things are still going on out there, so shout-out to them. But and also a shout-out, restaurant and service workers. Phase four is back, so they're yeah. working in an all-new environment. Don't forget when you're ordering food, when you're going out and doing the things that you always used to do, the people working the spots weren't always, you know, the protocol's new to them. So regardless if someone's worked a job for five to ten years, they might be doing it a new way for yep. the first time. So just have patience with them. I know that I'm working on that as well, but shout out to them for grinding back and everybody in New York grinding back into phase four. Yeah, I was going to say, same thing. Shout out to people that are still wearing a mask. I mean, you're right. The people that, that have to do that eight hours a day, I mean, I go into Wegmans for 30 minutes or it doesn't matter. What, like 10 minutes into consumers. Wow. Look at those custom masks right there, folks. I don't have mine. Oh, that uh, Bison's is looking glossy. Yeah, that thing's fire. It looks like, like it looks like it's like it's like nice and like it looks like I'd want to like put it on my pillow. <laughs> my sister-in-law made it for me. She's very very handy. 
Okay. Okay. Shout out, shout out sister-in-law Malacaro. And shout out to the people at Buff Creek, those employees. Yes. That place is beautiful. Well, I was getting the clapping when I was walking in the other day. I mean, yeah. I, I think they should do that the whole time. I think they should have three to five people dedicated to just clapping while people walk in. It made me feel yeah. amazing. And they, they're, they're taking your temperature. There's hand sanitizing stations everywhere. They're wiping down machines. You, you feel very safe. It reminds me of a Wegmans. Most definitely. Shout out to them. So, Pat, once again, thank you for joining us tonight. Cannot wait for baseball season to start. We're pretty close. I mean, we're, what, 23 days away? Uh, what was it? Opening day, Nationals, Yankees. Scherzer, Looking forward to it. Seriously. Yep. And real so, quick, I, I know we're signing up here. There's a lot of concern that it's still not happening. My way of gauging this is I look at these social media accounts, and MLB is pumping stories on their Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter every day. So they're planning on coming back as of right now. Like, don't think there's any yeah. hesitancy on that regard. No, there's been a little couple things here and there, but I think they're a full go. So I'm just very excited about sports coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me on today, guys. It's been fun. And like I said, hopefully we can all be in person soon and uh, enjoy all this stuff once again. Pat, final question for you. My trivia question edition. How do we end the show? Ooh. You got me. Good, Good night. night. Now. Wow.